Hey, 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 Lions of Liberty fans, this is Felony Friday host John Odermatt. Before we jump into today's show, I got an awesome show lined up for you today. You're going to love it. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about a free market alternative to your standard government-run, government-manipulated, government-regulated medical insurance. Now, this is obviously the open enrollment period that a lot of people, if you have your corporate job, you're picking your health insurance, you're setting up your HSA for next year and all that stuff. Well, there's an alternative to that. And it's great for, you know, if you have a regular corporate job, if you're an entrepreneur, maybe you're a uh, contract worker or something like that. It's a flexible option. It's called Health Excellence Plus. And Mark Clare, of Lions of Liberty, the host of our Monday show, recently interviewed the co-founder of Health Excellence Plus. His name's Jeff Cantor. And in this interview, Jeff goes into detail and spells out exactly what it is, how it works. It's an awesome description of this free market alternative to this government health care. So you can check that out at lionsofliberty.com slash health. Welcome to Felony Friday, a presentation of the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, John Odermatt. Felons, friends, and freedom lovers, welcome back to another edition of Felony Friday, a weekly show right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. And here on Lions of Liberty, we bring you three unique weekly shows every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We kick off every week on Monday with a show hosted by Mark Clare. It is our flagship program where Mark interviews leaders in the liberty movement. On Wednesday, we have Electric Liberty Land. It's a comedic take on uh, comedy culture coming at you from a libertarian angle. And on Friday, of course, Felony Friday, get all three of these shows by subscribing wherever you get your podcast. Today's episode of Felony Friday is one of the most popular formats where I bring on someone to share their story, their personal experience with injustice suffered in this broken criminal justice system. I will introduce my guest in just one minute. Before I do that, I want to let you know you can find the show notes page at lionsofliberty.com slash FF204, because this is the 204th episode of Felony Friday, and we are going to get right to it right now. My guest today on Felony Friday is Chad Perry. When Chad was a minor, uh, he was not convicted of a felony, but had a felony charge that was adjudicated, uh, which I I think is pretty common with with minors. Uh, What ended up happening, though... um, is he ended up being charged with a felony later in life when he went to uh, buy a gun. And on the gun application, uh, because his crime was adjudicated, his charge was adjudicated as a minor, it counted the same as a conviction in the state of Pennsylvania when buying a gun, which has given him all sorts of legal troubles that we'll get into on this show. So, Chad, welcome to Felony Friday. Hi, John. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man, and uh, I want to thank you for uh, for reaching out to me uh, about your story. You know, I, I honestly I don't think we've had a story quite like this, so this will be uh, 
a little bit of an education in uh, in how the legal system works for for minors, minors, especially in the state of Pennsylvania. But I'd assume this probably uh, some overlap in states across the country here. So I think a good place to start out, man, is to go back. If we could uh, start out with what happened when you were a minor to to get you tied up in the in the criminal justice system. Um, when I was young, I had a, a lot of issues, anger problems, all that stuff. Um, got into doing some drugs and drinking. And uh, one night I took some pills and drank a bunch of booze and got arrested. And uh, I kicked the officer. Apparently, I don't really remember it because I was kind of blacked out. Um, woke up in a juvenile detention center, went through that whole thing. Um, I remember the only thing I remember about being in front of a judge was the judge telling me that this is not a conviction. You don't have to say you were convicted of a felony when you're filling out job applications when you get older. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, did like a juvenile boot camp for like three months. Um, and got out. I mean, I still had a, a couple issues after I turned 18, but uh, like minor misdemeanors. But um, that was a long time ago. Yeah. So that happens. So, so you get in trouble, what you're in your teens when, when the, when that thing happens and it gets adjudicated. Yeah, I, was, I was 17. Um, it was it was the second time I'd been arrested. I got arrested uh, when I was in school, like months earlier, mm-hmm. for uh, like marijuana, drug paraphernalia, or something like that, and got put on probation. So the so the the felony charge that was adjudicated was that for kicking the police officer? Was that yeah? It or? was aggravated assault on a police yeah. officer. Um, yeah, and that's that's gonna stick with me forever. And yeah, so so fast forward to um, were, were you you were trying you were buying a gun or you were getting concealed carry? Which was it? It was 2015, so four years ago now. I was 15 years after, um, 17, 18 years after I'd mm-hmm. gotten those charges like 34 years old. Um, and I went, I've been working in some bad neighborhoods and I was like, well, I haven't been in trouble in a long time. I've never been convicted of a felony. Let me go see if I'll pass a background check because I thought the worst thing that would happen was that they would tell me no. Mm-hmm. And um, I went, filled out the application. The guy said he didn't pass the check, background check. And I was like, well, what do I do now? And he's like, I don't know. You just have to leave. I'm like, okay. Um, so I left. I thought about filing an appeal, but I was going through like uh, child custody, so I didn't want to take on those those legal bills when I already had legal bills that right. I was dealing with. And um, so I just let it go for the time being. I was like, well, I'm not. I don't need a gun. Um, I mean, it'd be nice to have one. It's should be a right, but um, I wasn't too worried about it. And uh, nothing happened for 
years. It, it took them uh, three and a half years to to uh, issue a warrant. And um, I. Uh, so, so they issued a warrant just based upon when you filled out the form. You said you didn't have a felony, correct? Right on the. It's um, Pennsylvania has their own uh, application. Mm -hmm. um, the first page is similar to the federal form, but on the second page, there's a bunch of there's paragraphs and paragraphs of different things that I I kind of went over, but I obviously missed the part that it said that if you were adjudicated as a minor for something mm -hmm. that would prohibit you as an adult, then that still counts in the state of Pennsylvania. So uh, I checked no. I was never convicted of a felony or a misdemeanor carrying whatever the two-plus years of maximum jail time. And, uh, you know, they take that as me lying to them, uh, I suppose. But... Um, yeah, so they took three and a half years to issue a warrant. Apparently, the the police officer who had my file just had it sitting there for years, got a promotion. The person who got a promotion into his position had to go through his old case files, went through them all, and um, brought it to the DA and filed the charges. And um, so they... I had moved in this time, um, met my wife, had a daughter, and uh, were three and a half years after I filled out this application and at the airport going to the Dominican Republic to get married. And uh, the Homeland Security comes up to me and uh, it's like, ask for my passport. I show them the passport. They're like, yep, this is him. Like, what's going on, guys? They're like, well, um, have you, uh, have you been arrested recently? I was like, God, I haven't been arrested in like 15 years. I, I don't know what, what, um, what this could be about. And, uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's definitely you. So they had to take me back and had a wife and my 10 year old daughter and my one year old daughter at the, uh, terminal while, uh, all these people are standing around like, oh, no, if he comes back, we're not getting on the plane with that. It's like, okay. So, um, yeah, so I get, get arrested at the airport and, and uh, brought to the police station, the state police barracks, and go in front of the judge and get bailed out. And luckily, I got to, to go the next day, got to go back, get, get my... Uh, go on vacation and get married. So, so but, what did your wife and daughters do? Did they, uh, they didn't go on the plane then, did they? Or No, no. My, uh, <laughs> All my right, mom, well, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> no, my mom would come and pick them up and uh, took my daughters and sent my wife into the airport to go to the, the whatever Homeland Security office, I guess, to figure out where they took me. They, you know, eventually told her that they'd be taking me to the the state police barracks. So uh, eventually, they, they called my lawyer and, and found me. And um, luckily, I had the trip insurance. So 
And uh, so I was able to, to reschedule the flight for the next day and get on the plane again. And it was, it was interesting. So, so why do you think, why did they do it there? Do you have any idea why they didn't, how did they not track you down before that at your new address? I mean, it's, I know I, because I, I had to get a passport too. I, I went through the whole passport process and I mean, I changed my address legally through, you know, every way that you're supposed to as far as I knew it, I thought. Um, I guess they just didn't try that hard and just threw the warrant out there. And when you go through the airport that they, uh, I guess it got flagged. Hmm. So ultimately what ended up happening, um, with you on that charge? Um, well, it was a felony. They wanted to give me a felony. I, um, my, my attorney almost got it thrown out in the preliminary because, uh, um, the police officer didn't have the second page of the application, which has that, uh, little paragraph on there that, that says that the adjudication counts. So, um, a couple weeks later, the officer found the second page. And, uh, my, my attorney said that I could, I could still, I could probably get it dismissed, but then they would just refile the charges. And, um, if I, if I waived the preliminary, that they would offer me, offer to drop it to a misdemeanor for a year of probation. And, um, and then when the arraignment time came, I didn't want to pay my attorney a few thousand dollars again. So I said, well, they'll probably offer me this deal. So I just showed up and they wanted to give me two to four years when I showed up. And um, so you're saying two to two to four years in prison, in prison. They wanted to me to plead guilty to this felony and give me two to four years in, in prison for uh, filling out an application wrong. Um, I mean, I, I, re- I really wanted to go to trial and because it, you know, it's, it says did you fill this out to the, you know, the best of your knowledge or did, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how it's worded, but I did. I didn't mean to lie. I, that's what the background checks for. You're going to fail it if, if you're not going to pass it. So I, I, um, so then I ended up getting it continued and went and paid my lawyer a few thousand dollars. <laughs> few thousand more um and he got the got the got them to uh offer that deal again um hopefully i am still waiting on my uh background check for the i'm in construction and and um we do some work at the airport so uh hopefully i pass this background check now right my airport advantage it's, I mean, it's so, the, just to go back to the beginning here. So the, it's so crazy that they have that law in the first place. I know I'm preaching to the, to the choir, but you have someone who's a juvenile who's getting in trouble. They make them, you make a mistake when you're, you know, 14, 15, 16, whatever. That's now held against you for your entire life. You don't have a right to defend yourself. I mean, right. how, who thinks but that's a good idea? Like my my attorney told me about 
another guy who had gotten the same charge because when he was eight or nine, his parents had him admitted to a mental institution and he didn't even know about it. And they charged him with the same thing for, I'm not sure if it was a different question on there about mm -hmm. the, the, uh, the mental institution part, but, um, he was, you know, a grown man, had no idea where his parents, that that's actually what they did when, when he was younger. They, he just knew that they went and saw some doctors. Right. And, um, he got the same charge and they charged him with a felony like that. That's ridiculous. And if 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 I didn't have an attorney or five four thousand dollars to pay an attorney, I'm looking at years in prison. And it's it's, it's just outrageous. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm sure there's probably people who don't have the you know, a few thousand dollars to pay an attorney who are in prison for that reason. I mean, right? I'm sure. It's insane, insanity. But uh, my guest, uh, Greg Hampikian, but he's uh, an expert in genetics. And But at the end of the interview, he had a really good insight just on the criminal justice system. And I think a lot of the time, you know, we kind of look at this system and we get mad at prosecutors. We get mad at police officers. We get mad at judges. And that's okay. I mean, they are they're choosing to to do those jobs. I mean, they're choosing to maybe do things that I, I don't think are really ethical or moral. But at the same time, I mean, the root problem is you got a broken system. I mean, you got a system that is built to deliver something to deliver an outcome that's not just. I mean, it's happening happens happened to you twice, really. Right. So. Well, their job is to put people in jail and it's their job is to get convictions. They don't get promotions for mm -hmm. helping somebody out. They get a promotion for getting somebody locked in a cage. Absolutely. And, uh, it's, it's just the whole, um, just how they're compensated for what they actually do. They're not, they're not there to serve and protect. They're there to, get money from you and fill a jail cell yeah. because they got to keep the jail full or the corrections officers won't have a job and the prosecutors have to prosecute people or what are they doing? And, uh, yeah. It's, well, it's, it's, it's like you said, um, you know, you would have loved to have taken that to trial, but of course you're, you're taking a huge risk there on the, on the chance that, you would get convicted. You'll be royally screwed, and you, you got you got to kind of weigh that against it. Risk risk reward is it worth it? You probably made the right, I think you made the right call, but our system, if everybody took it to trial, the whole system would fold because there's not enough resources for for all of these trials to actually occur. It it would be I mean the system would just grind to a halt. Um, all right. Well, that's why they try to. To uh, tack on as many charges as they can, so they have something to, to leverage against you. Mm -hmm. I, got, I mean, I got lucky that the felony was all I had because all the misdemeanors were past the statute of limitations because they waited so long to, to arrest me. Um, but 
that I ended up pleading guilty to one of the misdemeanors that was past the statute of limitations because um, that was the, the plea deal. Wait, the, so say that again. So the you're saying the misdemeanors from it, you know it was uh, providing false statements. Um, okay. It's all basically the same thing, but they just you know find as many charges as they can to charge you with. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the misdemeanors were past the statute of limitations, and um, I was sitting there with my attorney going over the plea deal, and asked me, uh, "Did anybody threaten you to you know make this this uh, this deal?" And I was like, "You you mean threaten me with like locking me in a cage for three to four years?" Like, <laughs> oh no, anybody's threatening you other than the government. <laughs> <laughs> they're the only ones that can threaten you. Yeah, you know, people that are pointing guns at me saying that if I uh, if I don't comply with this then I'm, they're going to lock me in a cage yeah, a little bit of a threat yeah. Yeah. and, and my, my actual charge is using my first amendment to try to exercise my second amendment and now we're worried about the constitution mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I'm curious have you run across anybody who you've told this story to and they sided with, with the courts or sided with the police? No. Okay. No. I, I mean, so, sometimes I, there's, and you know, I know, there's, I know, I know a lot of people who are, are very, very um, pro police, pro rule of law, all that mm-hmm. nonsense. And uh, they still think that, this is ridiculous. I mean, how can you not think it's ridiculous? It's not. And I mean, if you really thought that I was any kind of threat, why would you wait three and a half years? If you thought that there was any kind of threat of violence for me trying to acquire a gun. I mean, I, I failed the background check. It was like, okay, I guess I got to have some legal things I need to deal with before, um, before I can legally own a gun. I, mm-hmm. That's just, I mean, that's, that's just proves how broken the system is. So if in fact you were a dangerous person, you had shown that you were trying to acquire a gun, you failed the background check. So if you were this dangerous person, which, which you're not, then wouldn't you go and maybe to the black market and get a gun or, I mean, you would think there'd be a sense of urgency there, but. Right. That's if you think of the threat in any way, the why would you wait so long to see what's going on? Exactly. Well, it's uh it's craziness. I, I'm glad that, uh, you know, I wish I could say it's behind you, but I guess, I mean, you're still waiting on, this is affecting, could potentially affect your employment. Um, I don't know. Have, has this caused any other problems in your, in your life? Um, I mean, just the probation thing is, and it's annoying. I went through it when I was younger. It's not that big of a deal as long as you, you know, don't get arrested again. Because then, yeah. then you're really screwed. Because that's when I was in my early 20s, late teens, and I got put on probation. I got, you know, I sat, sat in county jail for months for, you know, um, getting in a car accident without a license. So, charged me with something. So I went to jail for three months because you can't get bail when you're on probation. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
so it's it's a little nervous, you know, when something happens, but um, I'm pushing forward, you know. I, hopefully, I don't get arrested for anything dumb. <laughs> Hey, you know, well, the, the average citizen uh, commits three felonies a day, so yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> gotta be careful. <laughs> yeah, you just gotta, yeah, no police contact. Yeah, for, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, well, Chad, I just want to uh, thank you for for coming uh, coming on the show and, and sharing this story. Um, I would not be surprised if I get an email or a message from someone saying that either they or they know someone who, who's had something similar happen. It's uh, it's crazy how uh, how many people are constrained by the by this criminal justice system who have really uh, done nothing wrong and are not not a threat to society in any way but yet uh tangled up in it so thanks for uh you know having the courage to come on here and share your story yeah thanks for having me john I want to thank you guys for listening to my interview today with chad perry and of course also want to thank chad once again for coming on to the show and having the courage to uh to share his story his experience with the broken criminal justice system. Another crazy story, another hard-to-believe, really, chain of events that's happening. Uh, You know, it's crazy that we live in a country where things can be so incredibly disorganized that you can be served a warrant and nothing can happen except when you're trying to leave the country in order to be embarrassed in front of uh, your family and all kinds of random strangers as you are unable to get through airport security. So just a crazy story. Insane that a mistake at such a young age that Chad made will prevent him from being able to own a firearm throughout his entire life. Unable to defend himself on an equal playing field to people that could be trying to harm him or steal his property. That's the world we live in today, though. So, you know, I don't really have a lot more to say. Just want to remind you guys, if you enjoy this show, if you enjoy Lions of Liberty, please consider supporting us, signing up for our Patreon as a supporter by going to patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. Anything from $5 and up per month, you get all of our bonus content, uh, different levels, you get different goodies, different access. So check that all out patreon.com slash lions of liberty and that's it guys hopefully everyone had a happy thanksgiving yesterday safe travels to everyone as they make their way uh, back from seeing friends and family and i'll see y'all next week this is john odermatt signing off always remember to keep your head up and the fires of liberty burning (laughs) 